1 Samuel chapter 9, if you have your Bible this morning. 1 Samuel chapter 9, and this is the first time I've, I've preached on this particular passage. Um, but the Lord has shown me just a couple things in here I want to I share with us today. As uh, if, I can, if I can get my machine working for me. 1 Samuel chapter 9. And so as we prepare for communion this morning, I want us to consider how God will sometimes call us to his presence from the most unusual circumstances. And uh, a couple things I want to pull out from the scripture as we just prepare our hearts uh, for this time of communion today. And so 1 Samuel, you can go there in your Bible. Chapter 9. If you're there, say I'm there. And we got it on the screen for you. We've got the uh, scriptures on the screen for you this morning. First Samuel chapter nine. So let's read it together. One day, Kish's donkey strayed away. And he told Saul, take a servant with you and go look for the donkeys. And so Saul took one of the servants and traveled through the hill country of Ephraim, the land of Shalisha, the Shilom area, and in the entire area of Benjamin. But they couldn't find the donkeys anywhere. And so just to give you some background, this is the calling of Saul, the the king of Israel. The people of God wanted a king and... uh, in God's sovereignty and his plan, he, he allowed that king, and also in his plan unworking, that it would be followed by David, a man after God's own heart, and then ultimately, speaking of Jesus, who would come as our, as our eternal king, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And, and so the people of God wanted a king, and so uh, God had spoken to a prophet named Samuel uh, that there would be... Uh, this one coming, and his name was Saul, that he was to anoint him as king. But at this particular time, uh, Kish is Saul's father, and he sends Saul out to, to go look for some donkeys that had wandered away, uh, looking for some lost donkeys. And so he took his servant with him. They went out for several days. They couldn't find the donkeys no matter where they looked. And uh, as they were looking and looking, they got discouraged. Saul says to his servant, let's go home. Uh, my father's probably worried about me. We can't find the donkeys. The servant said, I've heard of a man of God. There's a prophet. His name is Samuel. Why don't we go to him and say, Samuel, can you help us find the donkeys? And so this is what we, what we see here. And so verse 15, now the Lord had told Samuel the previous day about this time tomorrow, I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin. Anoint him to be the leader of my people Israel. He will rescue them from the Philistines, for I have looked down on my people in mercy and I've heard their cry. And when Samuel saw Saul, the Lord said, that's the man I told you about. He will rule my people. Go down to verse 22. Then Samuel brought Saul and his servant into the hall and placed them at the head of the table, honoring them above the 30 special guests. And Samuel then instructed the cook to bring Saul the finest cut of meat, the piece that had been set aside for the guest of honor, So the cook brought in the meat and placed it before Saul. Go ahead and eat it, Samuel said. I was saving it for you even before I invited these others. And so Saul ate 
with Samuel that day. Chapter 10, right at the very top of it. Then Samuel took the flask of olive oil and he poured it over Saul's head. He kissed Saul and he said, I am doing this because the Lord had appointed you to be the ruler over Israel, his special possession. And when you leave me today, you will see two men beside Rachel's tomb at Zelzah on the border of Benjamin. And they will let you, they will tell you that the donkeys have been found and that your father has stopped worrying about them and is now worried about you. Have you seen my son? I want to share some thoughts with you today. I've entitled the the message, Come to the Table. And if you're taking notes and you wanted to just give it a subtitle, uh, you could subtitle it Chasing Donkeys. You can write that down. Chasing Donkeys. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, today as we look at Scripture. We thank you, Lord, that it is alive and active and God-breathed. We pray you give us ears to hear what you were saying to us, Lord. That as you lead us to your presence and to your table this morning, God, that, that you would uh, heal and strengthen your people. Father, as we follow you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Have you ever uh, found yourself wound up in a place that you didn't expect to be? Have you ever wound up in a place you didn't expect? Uh, you, you thought you were going somewhere, and then you found yourself by surprise somewhere else? Has that ever, ever happened to anybody? Uh, we get busy, right? And so, so we, can, we can do this sometimes. Have you ever been driving in the car, and you're driving somewhere, and, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm supposed to be going the other way? Or, or you've moved, you know, you were used to live at this address, and now you live there. Uh, this happened to me recently. I was back at the Lower Mainland, and I was staying at my mom and dad's house, and I started driving to my old house in Langley. And I realized, okay, I don't live there anymore. Uh, one, one time, I, uh, uh, Heather and I were, were invited to a wedding, and our kids were little. They were just toddlers at the time. And you know how it, families with toddlers, you know what it can be like. It's crazy. And so we were both dressed up. I was wearing a suit. Heather was wearing the dress. And we were just about ready to step out the door. We were running late because we were feeding the kids. And one of our kids was in a high chair. The high chair fell over. Uh, She cut open her lip, and there was blood everywhere and and, and all over Heather's dress. And she's looking at me like, uh, not only are we going to be late for the wedding, I don't think I can go to this wedding. So I thought, okay, well, I'll tell you what, you just, okay, if you can't go, I'll go to the wedding, and, uh, and then I'll come back, pick you up for the reception. So I rushed down to the church. Some friends of ours were getting married. Uh, I, I got into the parking lot. The parking lot was full, cars everywhere. I thought, oh my goodness, I'm late. Uh, I, I run into the lobby. The lobby's a little sparse, but anyway, it seems like everybody's inside. I walk in, inside, and I sit down at the very back row. And as I s- sat at the back row, the place was filled with people. And as I sat there, I looked around, I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm at a funeral. <laughs> I thought I was supposed to be at a wedding. And so I pulled out the invitation, I checked the invitation, and I realized that our friends, although they were from our church, I just assumed they were getting married at our church. They were getting married at another church, somewhere else. So I found myself distracted. And, and so I missed that you know, wedding. I think I was late, but we were missing that opportunity. And so I was... Sometimes life can be like that, though, can it? We can get so distracted by all kinds of things that that come at us. Busy. Uh, Things in life that we're running here and there. Responsibilities. Real responsibilities as well. And we find ourselves distracted. In that case, I was so distracted that I didn't even really have time to to actually consider the invitation. To consider the importance uh, of the information that was on that invitation. I I was just busy running around doing this, doing that, going here, going there. 
And we can find that life can be like that. There's bills to pay. There's places to go. If you're a student, you're going back to school. I hate to tell you, but there's papers that you're going to be writing pretty soon. There's books that you're going to be reading. Uh, The the busyness of life. We we run here. We run there. We have responsibilities. Living in a city like Calgary, we, we live our lives, it seems like, almost like at breakneck speed sometimes. And those of you who are parents are running your children around to different events. And, and, and in the busyness of it all, it can sometimes feel like we're just chasing things. We're just, it's like we're chasing donkeys, if you will. We're, 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 we're out focused on other things. And life is filled with so many distractions, priorities, and pressures. And we find ourselves putting energy and time and all these things. And we miss the importance of being where God really wants us to be. And here's the big idea this morning. Here's the main thought. And I want you to remember this thought this morning as we move into our time at communion. You might be chasing other priorities, but God is calling you to his presence. In the busyness of life, we can find ourselves running and finding ourselves in a rat race, trying to figure things out and chasing priorities. And God's calling us to his presence. We see in the text this morning that as again, we read, Saul is out looking for donkeys with his servant. They can't find them. And God has chosen Saul to be the king of God's people, Israel. And again, Saul is part of God's process of, of moving to David and then ultimately Christ prophetically where he is the king. But I don't want us to focus so much on Saul. Saul started out well, made some mistakes along the way, didn't end well. But it's not so much about what it's happening with Saul, but it's what's happening as God was calling and the process of anointing and the process of the calling and God's purposes. And I want us to see this morning how God, in the middle of our busyness and craziness, how he is calling us to himself and how he's calling us to a better place than, than we maybe ever expected. And so finally, Saul meets Samuel. And when he meets Samuel, who's God's prophet, the prophet of Israel, he says to him, hey, you're looking for donkeys. And, and Saul's like, where, where are our donkeys? Let, let's, let's go ask this man of God. Where are the donkeys? That's the thing that he's most concerned on, thinking about in his mind. Where are my donkeys? And the prophet just says, you know what? Don't worry about your donkeys. I want you to come, to, come hang out with me. And we see this picture of God. We see in, in Samuel, we see that he's, he's a picture of, of our Lord. He's a picture of, of Jesus. He's a picture of the Holy Spirit uh, drawing us, saying, you're, you're worried about all these kinds of other things going on in your life, but I'm just calling you just to be with me, just to be in my presence. Another way to say this big idea this morning is that you might be chasing donkeys, but guess what, friend? God is chasing you. You, you, you may feel in life that, that there's so many pressures, there's things going on, there's, there's all kinds of craziness. There, there may be things for you, donkeys could be finances, it could be a financial concern. But, but friend, I'm here to remind you that God is your source. That's why David said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. God is your source. And, and he's providing, it's not the, the person who employs you, it's not even if you're self-employed, you're not your source. And so you may be thinking about finances. You may be thinking about relationships. There could be some challenges in relationships today, some things that are, are broken in, in, in your world relationally. And you feel like you're always trying to fix it, and you, you get so far, and it feels like you're chasing donkeys because you can never find the solution. You can never find what it is that you're looking for. You could never find the solution to that relational brokenness, that problem that you're feeling. 
and it feels like you're just out there. You're just, you're just looking for the answer. And you think, well, maybe if I go to church, I can ask God and he'll, he'll give me the answers. And, or, or maybe if I read a certain amount of books or I can do a certain amount of things. Or maybe if I can get my own life together somehow. If I can, if I can figure this out. Maybe I could take a course or a class or something. But, but a donkey for you could be a brokenness or a relationship. It could be an addiction. It could be something that you just struggle with for your whole life. And, you just, and it feels like whenever you start taking some steps towards moving towards progression in your life, there you are again, and, and you're, you're, you're off on a wild donkey chase. And you're, here comes that donkey again. And you're off going this direction and that direction. And you find yourself distracted and discouraged because of some of the delay that, that you're feeling in your life. There's delay. You're like, I should be here by now. I, I should be at this point in my life uh, relationally. I should have this part of my life together at this point. I, I should be this far ahead in my savings for my retirement. I, I, I should be a better husband, a better father, a better friend. I, I, should, be, I should be doing this and being here. And, and, and we just we do everything we can just to fix it. And we can't. We can't. We're like Saul and his servant. We're out there and we're, we're, we're looking for donkeys. And, and, and those donkeys would have represented wealth for the family. And they would have represented uh, uh, you know, their identity and their wealth and their provision and, and all kinds of things that would concern that, that family from the tribe of Benjamin. Kish, Saul's father, small tribe but, but, but affluent. And the fact that they had lost their donkeys, it's like they're looking for solutions and they're looking to fix some of the problems that were taking place at home. And maybe you've been trying to fix some problems that are taking place in your life and you just feel like you're chasing donkeys that you can never find. But friend, you might be chasing donkeys today, but God is chasing you. His presence is chasing you down and he's calling you to himself. And we see this in this beautiful picture from scripture. And we see how, again, Samuel represents our Lord and he draws them in. Here's, here's some ways that God is, is leading us to his table, to his presence today. The first way is that you're already on God's heart and you're already on his mind. Be encouraged today. You, you say, I've come from a whole week. I've just been running around chasing donkeys. Can I just encourage you today? No matter where you are today, God's already got you on his heart and his mind. He knows you're going to be here. He, he knew you would be in this room today. He knew you would be here today. And he wants to encourage you and speak to you and, and call you to himself. It says that you know, the Lord already had told Samuel that, that Saul was coming. At an earlier time, the Lord whispered to Samuel and said, Hey, you know, watch for this young man who's coming. His name is Saul. And so Samuel was a prophet of God. He's called here in Scripture a seer, one that could see into the future. And, and just thinking about this as well, I, I was studying this, and I'm hungry. I said, God, I want, I want you to whisper in my ear like Samuel, more, more than you have before. I, I want to I tune my ear to hear you in a way I've never had before. Because, you see, God wants to speak to us, and he wants to show us things that are about to come. He wants to walk with us. And this word here, this this. In, in his ear, it speaks of a, a, a close, intimate walk with God. As Samuel had, even we know from a young boy, he heard the, the voice of the Lord calling him, Samuel, Samuel. And he said, yes, Lord, speak. My, your, your servant is listening. And I think, I want to be that kind of person. I know you do too, that we could hear the Lord. But the Lord had spoken to Samuel and said, said Saul's coming, and you're to anoint him. And you're already on God's radar. You, you may think, well, man, I've... I'm, you don't know what I've done. I've, I've, I've lived this kind of a life. I've done these kind of things. 
I've made these kinds of mistakes. Can I just encourage you this morning that God loves you so much? And he knows you're here, and he, does, and he knows your challenges, and he knows your stresses, and he knows all the things that are going on, but he's called you to his presence. Samuel is this beautiful picture of how God, he sees us, and he knows us. He's anticipating us, and he's welcoming us to his presence. We've just studied in Ephesians over these past weeks, this summer, how God, even before he created the world. God loved us and he chose us in Christ. He chose you even before you knew it. Now, I'm not a, a Calvinist. And some of you know what that is and others of you may not. But let me just say this for those of you who do. I'm not a Calvinist, but I really love the sovereignty of God and the grace of God. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It's all by grace. And he, his love is in a relentless pursuit of chasing us and calling us to himself. And we see that picture here in Scripture today. No matter what's going on in your life, God is preparing you for his presence. He's preparing you for his table. And this is the second thing we see, that you're invited into God's presence, just as Saul and the servant, they said, where are the donkeys? And, and, and Samuel said, Forget about the donkeys. Why don't you come and have some dinner with me? Why don't you just come? I've, I've actually prepared some meat for you. I've prepared a place for you. Uh, there's 30 other high-profile guests, but I've got some room for you at my table. Can I just encourage you this morning that just like Samuel invited Saul and his servant to come sit at his table, God has invited you to sit at his table. You're invited into God's presence The invitation is there. It's up to you and me to respond to that invitation, to say yes to to God's invitation in our lives. And I'm going to give those who may be here today an opportunity just in a few moments. Maybe maybe you've never given your heart fully to the the obedience of following Jesus Christ. And I'm going to share with you what that means. But, But today it could be your day that you could say, I'm going to be a follower of Jesus and I'm not going to turn back and I'm never going to go back to who I used to be. But you have to respond and you have to receive the invitation. And it's like a banquet. It's like a meal. It's so beautiful to me, this picture in Scripture, how, how they're busy out looking at, you know, chasing donkeys. And, and, and the prophet says, just come on in and just forget about the donkeys. Just come commune with me. Just come hang out with me. Spend some time with me. Donkeys are going to be okay. Just come hang out with me. And so he invites them into his presence. One day in heaven, there's going to be what's called the the married supper of the lamb. I'm looking forward to that. It might even be a buffet. I have no idea. It's going to be good. But there's actually going to be in heaven one day, this beautiful meal, this supper, this celebration, where we're going to be in the presence of God with God's people. But friends, even right now, even here and now, Jesus has invited you and me to dine with him, to commune with him, to be with him. In Revelation, Jesus says to the church, he he says, look, I stand at the door and I knock. And if you hear my voice, open the door and I will come in and we will share a meal together. What a beautiful picture. He's invited you into his presence. He's invited you to sit at his table. He knows who you are. You're on his heart and his mind, and he's called you to be in his presence today. Then we see this. 
you are given what you really need. When you, when you come into his presence, you're given what you actually need. Saul and his servant thought they needed to find the donkeys. What they really needed was to be in the presence of Samuel the prophet, which represented being in the presence of God. What they really needed was nourishment. What they really needed was a place at that table in a place where they could forget about the challenges and forget about the things that they were seeking and, and just be, just be in that place. Saul was out looking for donkeys, but what he needed was to eat with Samuel that day. So it says in the scripture, so Saul ate with Samuel that day. It says that Samuel had saved a portion of meat for Saul that day. He had put aside, he said, even before the other guests, I, I figured out the portion, that, what I wanted to give to you. And that, that portion spoke of, of that, that anointing and that place of, of prophetic kingship that, that God was preparing for him as he stepped into that. But that portion, friends, represents to you and me today, we could see that as, as how Jesus Christ is what we need. He's our portion. Uh, the psalmist said that he, that, oh my God, that he is my portion. My flesh and my heart, they fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. You see, what you really need is not the things that you're chasing. What you and I really need are not the things that we get distracted with and we, we, we spend emotional time and energy on. It's not all those things that we're trying to fix ourselves and fix our lives and do all these things. And we can get caught up in it. And, and, and we get caught up in the, in the rat race. And some of these things are actually really practical needs. And some of these things are not necessarily wrong things or bad things. They're just they're things that we need and God knows we need them. But we can get distracted and we can get way off over here. And what I feel like God is saying to you and to me today today into our church. He's just saying, hey, just come and sit at my table. Come be in my presence. And you know what? I have what you need, and it's Jesus Christ. It, Jesus Christ died for the sin of the world, but he died for you, for you personally. And he's inviting you to his table today, and he's inviting you and me to be reminded again of the cross and reminded that Jesus Christ is all that we need. He is. He is our portion. We think we need material things. We think we need that new car, new high-speed internet. We need new things, another high, another experience. But what we really need is Jesus, and God has provided what we need through Jesus Christ. John 3.16 says, God so loved the world that he gave his only son, and that whoever believes in him doesn't have to perish will have everlasting life. That's good news. Have you ever heard that scripture before? And it's such good news, and it's, it's not condemning because the scripture right after that, John 3, 17 says, for God sent his son into the world not to condemn the world. God's not a condemner. He's a savior. Not to condemn the world, but that the world through Jesus Christ might be saved. He is the set-aside portion that you and I need today. And as we come to the table, let's be reminded that Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God that laid down his life for the sin of the world, for your sin, for my sin. He's our portion. He's what we need. And then we see Samuel, he took a flask of olive oil and he poured it over Saul's head. And this was a symbol of, of Samuel anointing Saul. And as he poured it over his head, uh, the anointing came upon Saul. And he was then set apart to, to, to do what God called him to do. 
Saul was out busy doing other stuff. But God called him in. And there was an anointing that rests upon him. In scripture, when we see oil, it speaks of the Holy Spirit. And there's a few things about oil that are, that are something to consider today as we come to the table. Jesus is our portion, and then he sent us his Holy Spirit to give us the power that we need to live. It's so beautiful. He, he's the one that graces us and anoints us to live for him. And friends, we desperately need the power of God in our lives to live this Christian walk to live this life that he's called us to. Oil is beautiful because oil, one thing about oil is, is uh, especially this oil that they would use for anointing, there was a fragrance to it. Do you know that God wants to so come upon your life in his grace and his goodness that you and I, that wherever we go, that we would actually represent the fragrance of Christ, that we would walk into a room and people would go, there's something different here. There's something going on. You may have even come into this church service today. Maybe you're not used to coming to church. You came with a friend or something and you came in, you're like, there's something different about this place. Like not different bad, like different good. Like there's something fresh here. It's because it's the anointing of God. It's the oil of God. It's God's goodness and his power and his grace and his Holy Spirit. And so when we see oil, it's a picture of the Spirit. Another thing about oil is it has healing properties. And so as we come to the table today, too, we say, Lord, I want to I have your oil just be a fragrance in my life that I would reflect you and live for you and smell like you and talk like you and walk like you. I want to be transformed by you, but Lord, also that I would receive your healing in my life. And healing has been provided in the cross. And we see as Samuel anointed Saul with oil, that anointing was fragrance. That anointing was, was healing. Another thing about oil is, have you noticed when you put oil on your skin, it doesn't just lay on top of your skin. It actually saturates into your skin, into the fabric, into the fiber, into the fibers of your skin. Have you noticed that? And that is a picture of how the Holy Spirit wants to be so close to you and me. It's not that he just wants to be on the outskirts of our life or just skim over the top of, of us, but he actually wants us to be saturated with his presence, that his oil would, would bring healing and his oil would bring fragrance and his oil would be so close and so near to us. It's God's power and it's his presence working out his purposes in our lives. He's our portion. Jesus Christ laid down his life. He sent us his Holy Spirit. And finally this morning, here's how God leads us. God has already taken care of the things that concern you and me. This is good news for us today. He's already taken care of the donkeys. Samuel said to Saul, he goes, those donkeys you're looking for, by the way, they've already been found, but just hang out here with me for a little while. Just, just be at my table. Just be in my presence. It says that Samuel took Saul up to the roof and they talked about all the things that was in his heart and what a conversation that would have been just to hear that, just to be in that. And, and we know that Saul, as he was being anointed, that he, he, he did, he was anointed and he prophesied and he was used mightily of God to overcome the Philistines and all kinds of great breakthrough awaited him. And God was preparing him and calling him but Samuel was saying to him, all those things that you've been chasing, they're already taken care of. And God's heart was just to say, I want you to just be with me. We're looking at what God is doing as he calls. We're looking at what God is doing as he anoints. We're looking at how God gets a hold of us even in our wandering, even in our busyness, even in our chasing of all kinds of things in our lives. 
the Holy Spirit's call is saying, come to the table. While you're chasing donkeys, the Lord's saying, I'm chasing you. While you're busy with distractions, the Lord's saying, I'm calling you to sit at my table. And I'm calling you to be in my presence. Those donkeys, yeah, some of those things are important. Like I said, not all donkeys can represent negative things. Some of them are very real needs, friends, that you and I have today and we bring to the Lord. We've come into this place and say, God, I've been busy. I've been, I've been thinking about this. I've been worried about this. I've been having this on my mind. I've had these people, these thoughts, these circumstances. And sometimes we can get so overwhelmed. It's almost like our minds are racing and, 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 and we, just, we don't sleep and I, you know, I tell you what, friends, I'm just going to be really honest. I, I sleep really well. But there was a night several nights ago that I, I couldn't sleep. And I, I, could, I could sleep. Like if you said to me right now, just lay down on this platform and have a nap, you give me five minutes, I'm snoring. But there were some things in my life and, and things I was thinking about, and it was just like I was concerned and concerned. And not all of them are, are negative. Some of them are just real things and and I just kind of felt like the Lord just saying, you know what, just leave those things with me. And just be at rest. Just be in my presence. And that's the most beautiful place that we can be in our lives. And maybe you've experienced that. Maybe you're experiencing that in your life today. But God has already taken care of those things. Jesus says, don't worry. He says, look at the birds of the air. Jesus promises us this in Scripture. He says, this is what I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Jesus said all these things that you're chasing, all these things that are taking up your energy and your time, I've got it. It doesn't mean that there, there might have to be some things that you trust God for and seasons of waiting, or maybe there's some challenges that, are, that you're still, you have to take some steps of faith. It may be that you need to, to step out and, and to actually put some action to some things that God's been calling you to. But at the end of the day, he's saying the most important thing, I feel like the Lord's saying to us, the most important thing in his heart is that you and I would just spend time with him in his presence at his table. And he's saying all that other stuff, I know and I feel like even in the scripture, we see how Samuel's like, hey, those donkeys, they're taken care of. It's all right. I feel like the Lord's even saying, you know, these things that concern you, the Lord's like, I'm taking care of them. I know they concern you. Now's not the time to, to, to go over there. Right now, just be with me. I have something for you. And we can trust God. You know, in our backyard, we have planted a couple little trees. They're not that big yet. But I've been excited because there's a few birds that are starting to land on our, on our trees. Like they're big enough now that birds are starting to land. And we live near a bog, and so there's all kinds of birds in our neighborhood. And I was just kind of out looking the other day at these birds, and the Lord just kind of reminded me of this verse. And he's like, look at those birds. They don't sow or reap, but yet I provide for them and I care for them. And I'm like, yeah, they don't have like RSPs. They're not saving up for their retirement. They're, like they're not worried. These birds are just, they're just, and they sing. They're just like singing. They're happy. I'm like, you're so happy. Why are you so happy? I'm like, I want to be happy like that. And I feel like the Lord's just saying, you can be happy like that when you quit chasing donkeys and you just sit at my table. Just sit at my table. Just be with me. Such a beautiful picture we see of the way the Spirit 
leads us to anointing and appointing and to his purposes for our lives. I'm going to ask the musicians to come at this time. And this morning, if you're here today and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, I want to give you an opportunity today. You say, well, what do I have to do? The Bible says that if you call on the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. The Bible says that every person must be born again. What does that mean? What that means is that every person in this room has been born physically. You're all born physically. But the Bible says you must also be born spiritually, born again. And the only way you can be born spiritually is when you say, Jesus, I'm putting my trust in you, that you love me so much that you died on a cross to forgive my sin and, Lord, to give me the power to live in freedom from my sin, that I can walk with you in relationship. Christianity is a, is a relationship with Jesus. It's not a religion or a set of do's and don'ts that we try to somehow earn God's favor, you know, that he would love us more and more. He already loves you right where you are. He already, he already is calling you, even in the middle of your chasing other things. And he's calling you to his presence today, and he's calling you to his goodness. And so if you're here today, I want to encourage you, if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, you can do it right now by simply confessing, just personally. You don't need to talk to another person beside you. You just need to talk to Jesus right now, and you just need to unburden your heart. I'm going to ask everybody to close your eyes and bow your heads. And if there's anyone here today, as you're closing your eyes and you're bowing your heads, I'm just asking you to do that just to help you focus today. But just think about where you are in your life. And if you're here today and you haven't given your life to Jesus, you can do that right now by simply praying from your heart something like this. It would say, Jesus, and you can just pray this right now if this is you. Jesus, here I am. Today, I ask you, Lord, to come into my life, to forgive me of all my sin, all the things I've done wrong, And Lord, today, I ask you to save me. Come into my life. I want to know you. I want to sit at your table. I want to walk with you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for dying on a cross for me. I believe, Lord, that you died for me and I receive your gift of life today. In Jesus' name. If you prayed a prayer from your heart, it's not the words you say, it's it's your heart's cry that it just says, God, I need you. I want to encourage you today that as we move into a time of communion, the communion is for believers, it's for followers of Jesus. And even if you just prayed right now, for the first time, I would welcome you to receive communion as you've done that with faith and sincerity. And for all of us who are walking with Jesus as we prepare for communion today, as you come to the table, let's be reminded that he's invited us to the table and that we can cast our worries and our cares and our concerns on him. And while we are worried about trivial things, God has invited us to his table. And as we come to him today, that we would say, Jesus, I want to come back into your presence today. 
want to have my heart in communion with you. And as we do, he's our portion. He'll anoint us. He'll grace us. He'll heal us. He'll empower us. He'll strengthen us. He'll forgive us. He'll help us. And this is the good news of the gospel. This is the good news of the cross. That God loves you so much and he has provided the cross that you could know him. And so as we prepare for communion today, I want you to see yourself as walking away from distractions and actually walking right into the presence of God and sitting at his table. The book of Hebrews in the Bible says that we can come boldly into the presence of God before his throne, not because of who we are, but because of Jesus, because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus has made a way that there's no more distance between us and God. The first Adam, sin entered the world and all kinds of chaotic things took place. But the Bible says that Jesus came as the second Adam to make things right. And so he's provided a way that we can know God today and sit in his presence and receive healing and the help that we need. So ushers, I'm going to ask if you would come at this time and begin to distribute the communion this morning. And as you receive the communion this morning, I'm going to ask that you would hold on to the cracker and hold on to the cup just for a few moments. And at the end, we're going to partake of the communion together. And we're going to pray together just in a few moments. But as we receive today, remember it's a call. Just enjoying being in his presence is a call to rest. A call to his table today. Come to his table. 